Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Elon Musk said that whoever the CEO is of Twitter, they, quote, must like pain a lot. Then he promised he would step down as as soon as he found a replacement, quote, foolish enough to want the job. Well, he's finally found that person. After months and months of people asking him who's going to be the new CEO, it's Linda Yaccarino, a highly regarded advertising executive from NBC Universal. She'll start in six weeks. But is she set up to fail? And there's a phrase that's being thrown around. It's called the glass cliff. I was this week old when I learned it, just learned it. The phrase, the glass cliff, was actually coined in 2015, a variation of the glass ceiling, which is, of course, the idea that there's this invisible limit on what certain people, especially minorities and women, can earn. The idea of a glass cliff was being thrown around a lot this week after Elon Musk uh, hired Yaccarino as the new CEO. It's the idea that uh, women as well as underrepresented minorities are more likely to be hired for leadership jobs when there's a crisis. Those are the ones they're offered, and it sets them up for failure. Well, Twitter certainly seems to be teetering on the brink these days. But is she being set up to fail? I mean, she's a total professional. She's good at her job. She didn't have to take the job if she didn't want it. But what is the end game for Twitter, especially after Tucker Carlson started claiming he was going to have a show on Twitter? To help us with that is our friend and tech analyst, Carmi Levy. Hi, Carmi. How are you? Great to be here, Marty. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Like, like first of all, your thoughts. I mean, the idea of a glass cliff. I, I mean, she doesn't have to take the job if she doesn't want it. But at the same time, I don't know. This seems like a, a bit of a suicide mission. Could be. What do you think? It kind of is. I mean, I, you know, I think uh, Elon Musk is almost like the Donald Trump of the business world. Anything that he touches these days seems to lose half of its value within months. Certainly, he's got a track record, uh, you know, SpaceX, for example, Tesla. But uh, there's no arguing that Twitter, he seems to be reversing his luck. And uh, so, you know, yeah, like anyone who kind of touches Twitter at this point uh, ends up worse uh, as a result. And he's made it very clear that it's going to be a pretty rough road. It's already been fairly turbulent since he took over late last year. Um, and yeah, I, I, I think uh, Miss Yaccarino is setting herself up for failure. I think she's she's known as a, a pioneer in digital advertising. She's you know comes from NBC Universal. She you know knows the business. She defined a lot of the best practices uh, that most companies follow today. Uh, but at the same time, this is Elon Musk. He's made it very clear he's not just going to walk away. He's going to continue to run. Uh, you know the the operations and the technology of the company. She'll run the business. So. Is he even going to let her grab the reins or is he going to grab them back when she says or does something he doesn't like? If I were in her, in her shoes, I would have a, a pretty ironclad contract in place because 
I suspect six months from now, we're going to be looking at the, back at this going, not the best chapter in Twitter's history. Yeah, yeah. And it's always the boss that that <laughs> makes you live or die when it's or, or the oh, say the owner of the company. And if it's someone who takes such a hands on approach that that smells like trouble. Yeah, very much so. And I think what's different here with Twitter, and we seem to forget that, is, you know, companies like NBC Universal publicly traded. So you are accountable not just to a boss. You know, your bosses really are shareholders. And the only thing that really matters is, are you driving the value of the shares up? And if you're not, then that's problematic. Whereas with Twitter, because Elon Musk paid $44 billion for it, he owns it. He owns the playground. He brought the ball to the schoolyard, and it's up to him to decide what the rules are. And if he doesn't like the way the game is being played, guess what? He can take his ball and go home. He doesn't have to answer to anyone. So if you're Linda Yaccarino now, the only thing that matters is pleasing Elon Musk, which, as we know, kind of hardy, somewhat of a mercurial individual. Um, so I, I really don't see a, a kind of a, a path forward for her. I'm kind of looking at her history and trying to align it with how she might succeed at Twitter. And I just don't see it. Elon Musk, uh, in the past, he's put women in power. For example, Gwyn Shotwell, who's the chief operating officer of SpaceX. Musk knows well enough to let her run the show at SpaceX, and he stepped that back from it. That's why SpaceX is as successful as it is, because it's insulated from the extremes of Musk's behavior. That's not the case at Twitter, and I fear going forward, he's meddling in Twitter. He doesn't meddle in SpaceX. The space company continues to succeed. Twitter, unfortunately, is going to fail largely because Elon Musk refuses to let go. Right. So so taking that out of the equation for a while, being kind of optimistic, mm -hmm. you've got this woman who's very, very good at her job. What uh, does she have to do to be successful right away? Well, you know, she's known as a digital advertising pioneer. So we know full well that advertisers have left the platform. They were you know, worried about having their brand associated with extremism, with racism, with misinformation and disinformation and kind of the worst of Elon Musk's character and those he hangs out with in the digital space. And so, you know, toward the end of the year and, of course, as the new year began, most advertisers essentially left. The revenues of the company crashed. So her, her real goal is, Get the advertisers back. Convince the established business world that, yeah, Twitter is still a viable platform. And if you have advertising dollars to spend and you want to spend at least some of them on, on Twitter. It's an interesting change because Elon Musk made it pretty clear. Well, if the advertisers are going to leave, then we're just going to make money through subscriptions, which also hasn't worked out very well. So a bit of a 180 degree turn because now advertising is the thing. And if anyone's going to convince the rest of the world that Twitter is still a serious advertising platform, it will be Linda Yaccarino. That is the one and only job that she has to do, convince advertisers to come back. If she succeeds, then she will do well. If she doesn't, and we'll know that in just a few short months, it's kind of game over for her. And and with her uh, ascension to the job, it's kind of taken away that the little check mark, the little check mark controversy, because that was all I was hearing about. But that seems to be in the past now. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it, you know, a year from now, it's not going to matter whether you know we know what the deal is with Twitter Blue or Blue verification check marks or anything like that. Because if the company doesn't make more money than it spends, it, it would, it'll simply cease to exist. And I think the current trajectory left unchecked. That's where it's headed. So, you know, you know, Elon Musk should count as lucky stars. He's essentially used the uh, the uh, ascension of the new CEO as a way of kind of 
sweeping aside all the other controversies that have dogged him for the last number of months, it sort of clears the decks a little bit. And now it's her story to tell. Hopefully he knows enough to kind of step back and let her do her thing. She's done extraordinarily well in the past when she's been given the room to maneuver. If Elon Musk is wise, he'll do the same thing here as he's done at his other companies. Again, time will tell because with Twitter, he doesn't seem to, sh- to, to show much sort of, you know, sort of tendency to behave in that way. I'm hoping he's learning his lesson. I guess one of her first jobs will be to decide what to do with Tucker Carlson, right? <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's made it clear that his first post Fox uh, adventure is going to be t- basically taking the same show he did uh, on that network and replicating it on on the Twitter platform. Of course, Twitter hasn't said anything about whether they welcome him, whether they'll allow him, whether they'll restrict him or ban him. No one really knows. Uh, you know, but what I find interesting here is, you know, you know, there are those who support the move say, well, Twitter's got to do something to remain relevant. And, you know, having someone like Tucker Carlson certainly creates the kind of, you know, attention seeking spectacle that will you know, garner everyone's engagement. But the interesting thing is at Fox, he had the ratings. He didn't have the advertisers. Advertisers fled his show in droves because nobody wanted to be associated with misinformation, disinformation, and rampant misogyny. He's a toxic brand. And so, you know, you all, you know, Libby Yaccarino, she may find herself making a deal with the devil if she decides that Tucker Carlson can bring his traveling circus roadshow to Twitter. Um, because essentially, yeah, she'll get a lot of attention. Yes, there will be a lot of engagement around the show, but advertisers will continue to stay away because that toxicity uh, runs against brand development for most organizations. Nobody wants to touch that with a 10-foot pole. So it'll be an interesting sort of, and it'll also be an, it'll be an interesting kind of moment uh, you know, where she essentially has to convince Elon Musk one way or the other. Will he agree? Will he not? Will he allow her the room to make the call? That's the first and probably most significant decision she has to make, and that will kind of show us exactly where the Yaccarino musk uh, relationship is going to go. And if she doesn't get her way, I expect her tenure at this company is going to be pretty short. Right. So what do you think is the relationship? This is what I don't understand between if, if this Tucker Carlson Twitter thing happens, Mm -hmm. uh, if he put, if he put a a show on YouTube, it would just be on YouTube. But if he puts this show on Twitter, it's, it's almost like it's, it's the whole network. It's sort of, he is now the face of Twitter. Will, will it just be him doing a show, putting it up on Twitter and them allowing it? Or will this be kind of a Twitter endorsed program? If Twitter is going to return to any sort of relevance, because it re- there really has been erosion in recent months. And I think a lot of people are, maybe they're not quitting the platform, but they are certainly engaging with it less because the level of noise, the level of chaos uh, certainly has been rising in recent months as Musk has skittered from one ridiculous decision to another. Um, I think Linda Yaccarino will have a decision to make. Either she hitches her wagon to, you know, marquee players like Tucker Carlson, in which case I think the chaos and noise will only continue and Twitter's trajectory will be downward. Or she figures out how to create a product create an ecosystem that brings the revenue back, that brings advertisers back, that convinces them this is a place where they should be spending their money, where they want to have their message appearing alongside user-generated content. Right now, that's not the case. Um, And unfortunately for Twitter, time is running out. At some point, Elon Musk's wallet is going to bottom out. He's not going to be able to finance the future of this company for too much longer. She's got to figure out how to regenerate advertising revenue, and it is not by having Tucker Carlson as your single 
regular marquee performer, you've got to bring more moderate voices in, and then you've got to convince the revenue generators to come back as well. That is the only way. And again, if that doesn't work, clock is already ticking pretty loudly. And do you think this could be a really good opportunity for Elon Musk to kind of step away from this? Because it seemed like the more in control he was, the more that he was the spokesperson for Twitter, the worse things got. And this might be a good opportunity for him to give it to somebody else and maybe even change the whole face of Twitter. If he were being mature about it, that's exactly how it would play out. I would like to think that Elon Musk is uh, emotionally intelligent enough to recognize that the more he micromanages, the worse it is for Twitter's business. Um, and I'd like to think that he will he'll look at his history with Tesla and with SpaceX, which with SpaceX, which would also, of course, both had uh, moments where his micromanagement caused the, both of those companies harm. And then he learned to trust the adults in the room and hand the reins over to them. So I'm hoping he looks to his previous business examples where, where the business succeeded despite him. Um, and he applies the same kind of logic to Twitter. The problem with Twitter is is that Musk sees it kind of as his own playground and it really has become personal to him. I worry that he isn't even remotely close to that point where he can make that adult mature decision. Uh, and if he doesn't, then you know basically the, the potential for a Twitter turnaround, uh, it goes from nil to none. Uh, and again, you know, we'll know that pretty soon as well, because it'll only take a few weeks of Lindsay Yaccarino in her new role for us to be able to see if Elon Musk is going to either micromanage her or give her the space. If he gives her the space, company has a shot. If he doesn't, uh, we're going to be talking about a very different future for this company. Yeah. And I guess the one thing about Twitter, though, is it. it- in some ways, it's kind of untouchable because I remember when Truth Social came out, there would, you know, there was some thought that, oh, maybe this will become the new Twitter. And now there's another one that I keep seeing and I've forgotten the name. I assume it sort of feels like it's coming from the left a little bit. And all these new sort of uh, chat sites, just like Twitter, are trying. But it's kind of like in the old days of Johnny Carson. They would try these talk shows, but they just never worked. Yeah, these supposed Twitter killers like Mastodon, Post, Hive, they all kind of flourished a little bit late last year as Elon Musk first took over. Lots of downloads, lots of people registered for, for the, the service. And then they, you know, basically died off because they, they got to the service. They loaded up the app. It looked a lot like Twitter, but they realized none of their friends were there. There was no network. Um, it was just basically the digital equivalent of Tumbleweed. Now, the, the, the one, I believe the one you're referring to is called Blue Sky. It's actually created by Jack Dorsey, who was the co-founder of Twitter. Um, and he, you know, he's creating it as what's called a decentralized or more open source approach to social media. Um, and that's been getting a lot of play. It's still in beta now, but millions of people have signed up to be on the waiting list. And if anything is going to kind of take over where Twitter leaves off, it's probably going to be Blue Sky because it re- represents a lot of what Twitter used to be before Musk came along, before the, you know, the trend line started heading into the negative. So it'll be interesting to see if Blue Sky can pull that off. But you're absolutely right. Right now, 300 million people are still signed up to and using Twitter on a regular basis. No one else can say that. And there's a lot of power in that network effect. Even with all the chaos, people are still hesitant to move across the street if they don't think everyone else is going to be coming with them. And you are so up on this world. What is the state of social media? It seems like uh, Facebook is, uh, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, grandparents are using Facebook. I do, all the young people I know, they're barely on it. Uh, what's what's the state of social media right now? What's what what's, can we look forward to? Uh, we're definitely at a point where you know, 
social media is kind of entering its middle age. I'd like to think that we're on the verge of what I call the post-social era that it's been around for about 20 or so years. And I think we're finally starting to realize it's really not the greatest thing that we thought it was. And I think we're all starting to look for something else. So definitely uh, Facebook is, is certainly aging out. Kids aren't hanging out there anymore. They're on TikTok. Uh, they're they're on, uh, on 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 kind of other platforms as well. TikTok is really the main one that sort of picked up most of the momentum. Um, and I think we're starting to realize we're putting a lot of time and energy into social media, and the return is just not worth it for us. Uh, and I think ultimately that's that that's a good thing. I think we have to start really questioning whether we're getting the benefits from this. And truth of the matter is, between you know impact on our mental health and impact on our time and impact on a whole lot of other things. Uh, social media isn't quite as social as we thought it was, and we're starting to really you know, look critically at our investment in it, and that's a good thing. We need to do that. I think everything runs its course, and I think social media is starting to run out of steam. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.